Hi, welcome to North Point's first live stream. Uh, we are going to be doing this for the next couple of weeks. I'm Pastor Mike Sabatino, the associate pastor here. And uh, we just want to welcome you to join with us, uh, grab a cup of coffee, settle in, whether that's your living room or your kitchen table, gather your family around, and we're just going to join in the Word together uh, just to continue to be the community of believers wherever we're at and know that God's presence can meet you right where you are. Just like you're sitting in a sanctuary here as we're standing here, God's presence can come and fill you with his Holy Spirit right where you are in the midst of all kinds of uncertainty. God is still alive and real, and uh, we want to pray this morning that God would just bless this time as we get into the Word and just share it together. So join me in prayer if you would. Lord, we just ask that you come right now. Fill our hearts, God, with your presence. Lord, uh, we just pray that you'd help us to have that peace that passes all understanding. And God, I pray for your blessing on every family, on everyone hearing this and watching this this morning, but that they would experience your presence in its fullness, God. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Pastor Joe has got announcements, and we'll continue with our service this morning. Thank you. Well, thanks, Pastor Mike. One of the things that I want to share with you today is some exciting news here at North Point that we want to share with you. Uh, one, of the, one of the things that we have been talking about for the past couple of years is the retirement of our church mortgage. We've been uh, asking you to give above and beyond your tithe towards that. And I just want to announce to you that due to a generous anonymous donation, just this last couple of weeks, we have been able to pay off the church mortgage. Yay! I hear you cheering in the background over there. That's great news. We're excited about that. We wanted to share that news with you. That frees up our budget tremendously and is going to allow us some freedom to do some other things with that money that had been going towards the mortgage. So I just wanted to share that exciting news with you and let you know about that. So uh, speaking of money, we're going to talk about how to give during this time. We're in the middle of a coronavirus crisis, I guess you'd call it. And uh, some of you may be wondering, how can I give my tithe to the church? Well, we have an online capability of giving to the church at www.hollandnorthpoint.org. In the upper right-hand corner is a little uh, tab that says Donate. You can click on that and it will walk you through all the steps to give to North Point. It's very important that you do that uh, these next couple of weeks because the expenses don't stop while this is while we're not having services. I appreciate your giving in the past. I appreciate your giving in the future. And we're going to believe God to meet the needs of the church during this time. Amen? Amen. I hear you saying that over there. So just having said that, then let's have Pastor Matt come and lead us in a time of prayer. Good morning. Father, we just praise you right now, and we thank you for your goodness and your mercy, Lord. We just thank you for, Lord, your hand being upon each and every person, Lord, that is, uh, Lord, whether they be battling with a flu bug, Lord, a virus of any kind, Lord. Uh, Lord, with those who are battling cancer within our church, dear God, I just pray that you would touch them right now. Lord, that your hand would be upon them, Lord, and we thank you that your word says, by your stripes we are healed. I pray that the word would come alive within those folks, dear God, Lord, and that they would be healed right now in the name of Jesus. We praise you and we thank you for that, Lord. We pray for those that are battling with this coronavirus, Lord, in our country and in all parts of the world, dear God. I pray that you would just right now, that you would touch these leaders, Lord, that are trying to deal with this, Lord. Give them the wisdom and the creativity they need in fighting this virus, Lord. I pray for uh, those that are battling with fear right now, Lord, in this area. I pray that you would just touch them, that you would just, uh, Lord, help them and uh, give them the uh, strength they need to trust in you and give their guidance to you, Lord. We also pray for those that are vulnerable in our community, Lord, for health and protection, Lord, whether they have a, a weakened immune system, Lord, or they're elderly, Lord. I just pray that you
that you would touch them and you would strengthen their bodies and heal them, Lord. We praise you and we thank you for that right now in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I pray that for North Point Assembly of God right now, Lord, here in Holland, Michigan, that we would be a light to our community right now. And Lord, that we would be able to be a blessing to this community and that you would just give us the wisdom that we need to be able to help them during this time, Lord. We thank you and we glorify you and we praise you for that. And we thank you that you are good. We love you and we worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to bring back Pastor Joe for the message this morning. Well, as Pastor Mike told you, this is our first time doing a live stream. We hope that it's going smooth for you. It's going smooth for us so far. We'll see how it goes for the rest of the story, though. You know, some of the things that uh, you've been hearing this week have been, uh, you've been hearing over and over and over again. Wash your hands. Make sure that you cough <coughs> into your elbow. Make sure that, uh, that you clean frequently touched objects in your home. Stay home if you're sick. All of these things are good to know. But how is a Christian to respond to this crisis? I came across a letter by Martin Luther uh, that he wrote to a friend during the bubonic plague in the 1500s. And he wrote, he was ordered by his bishop to go abandon the city that he lived in because the plague had come and people were getting sick and dying and he needed to figure out how to handle that. Here's what he wrote to his friend. He said, I shall ask God mercifully to protect us. Then I shall fumigate, help purify the air, administer medicine, and take it. I shall avoid places and persons where my presence is not needed in order to not become contaminated and thus perchance inflict and pollute others and so cause their death as a result of my negligence. If God should wish to take me, he will surely find me. And I have done what he has expected of me so that I'm not responsible for either my own death or the death of others. If my neighbor needs me, however, I shall not avoid place or person, but will go freely as stated above. See, this is such a God-fearing faith because it is neither brash nor foolhardy and does not tempt God. I thought that that really kind of encapsulated everything that we need to know about this time that we're going through. And I thought that you maybe you would enjoy reading that and having that in your, in your background. The coronavirus. In the last few weeks, we've, very few weeks, in the last few weeks, very few of us had even heard of the coronavirus. And now we're hearing about it all the time. Reactions run the gamut from fear and panic and anxiety, exemplified by the run on toilet paper and groceries and all of that kind of stuff that's going on out there, to anger at perceived overreaction. People are getting angry at what they see as an overreaction to this whole thing. Uh, Jesus understood our feelings. He even understood our fear and our anger at this time. It says in Hebrews 4.15, This high priest of our understands our weaknesses, for he faced the same testings as we do, yet did not sin. Jesus saw all these things in his life, and yet he did not sin. That should be our goal, is that we see these things happening, but we don't sin in doing them. Uh, fear is toxic to our souls. Fear and worry are not our friend. They're an enemy. They're toxic to our souls. They turn us in on ourselves. They make us think of only one thing, and that is me. Fear makes me think about me. Jesus had a lot to say about worry. Don't let it gain control over your life. In Matthew chapter 6, 
Jesus says this. I trust you can see the screen behind me and read along with me. It says, That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food or drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow, yet they don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today, and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? Fear and faith cannot coexist in the same person. Fear and faith fight against each other. We need to be careful about that. And then it goes on and he says, so don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat? Or what will we drink? Or what will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your Heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Now listen to this verse. It says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and He will give you everything you need. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and He will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. You know, I used to play baseball when I was much younger, and I enjoyed the game. I still enjoy watching it, not so much playing it anymore. But my coach took me aside because I wasn't doing a very good job at hitting the baseball. And he took me aside, and he worked with me. And I'll never forget one of the things that he said. He said, Joe, keep your eye on the ball. I want you to watch the ball hit the bat. I want you to watch the ball hit the bat. And I did that. I watched the ball hit the bat, and my hitting improved tremendously. Now, it still wasn't any great shakes. I was never a great hitter, but it improved tremendously when I remembered to keep my eye on the ball. That's the sure cure for worry, according to Jesus. Keep your eye on the ball. The kingdom of God is the ball. And we need to keep our eyes on the kingdom of God and living a righteous life. That will get rid of worry in our life if we worry about the kingdom of God. Worry's focus is on itself. Worry turns us inward. I encourage you to think about others during this time. We have several folks in our church that are older and they're more susceptible to this disease and the results could be much more devastating. We have people in our church that have uh, underlying conditions that could make this more difficult for them. I want to encourage you to give them a call this week. Ask how they're doing. See if they need anything. See if they need you to go to the store for them. Pick up a prescription. Bring them a meal. Something like that that you can do to make their load a little bit easier. Call them up. It's an opportunity to get to know your neighbors, see how they're doing, checking up on them, and let them see the light of Christ shining in your life through all of that. Psalm 91, verses 1 through 3, gives us a tremendous promise. It says this, Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety, he is my God, and I trust him. 
for he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from the deadly disease. Who is our protector today? I thank God for the CDC and for doctors and nurses that are doing such a yeoman's job of keeping us safe through this crisis. They're working long hours and they're working hard and they're doing their best to get us the information that we need to follow through on this crisis. But our ultimate refuge is God himself. God says he will protect us from the deadly disease. I want you to put your trust in God this morning and make sure that you look to him. It says in Psalm 91, verses 14 through 16, the Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with long life and give them my salvation. I want to encourage you to maybe memorize these verses this week. Go back in the video. It's going to be up later on, and you can go back and watch this again. But I want to encourage you to memorize these verses. Use them as a weapon against the enemy. When you feel fear rising up inside of you, when you feel panic starting to grip you, just recite these verses. That's why it's so important for you to get God's word in your heart and in your life so that you can use them at times like this. It says in 2 Timothy 1.7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. He has not given us a spirit of fear. The spirit of fear is not from God. Don't give in to it. Don't cave into it. Don't let it take a grip in your life. Are you driven by fear or are you driven by faith? It's one of those two. It can't be both. It says in Hebrews 11:6, and it is impossible to please God without faith. It is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek them. Fear drives us away from God. It forces us to depend upon ourselves to provide for our needs. And it, faith pulls us closer to God. That's why you feel so far from God when you're in fear. Fear drives us away from God. Faith pulls us closer to God. God is not pleased by fear, but he is pleased by faith. Someone once said that fear, is, or, that, excuse me, someone once said that faith is a refusal to panic. How can that be? Why doesn't it panic? Because it believes that what God said is true. It takes faith to believe that what God says is true. It says in Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith is confidence in what we hope for, and the assurance about what we do not see. You may not see how tomorrow is going to pan out. You may not know what's going to happen in the future with this virus. Is it going to explode? Is it going to continue on? Or is it going to die out? We don't know that. But God knows that. And we're in his hands. And faith says we're going to believe that God is going to see us through this. Fear says you're going, to, you're going to be in trouble, you're going to have difficulties, you're going to have trials, you're going to have situations that you can't control. And while all of that may be true, that doesn't drive us. Faith drives us. Faith that says God is true to his word. In James chapter 5, verses 15 and 16, it says this, Are any of you sick? You should call the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, they will be forgiven. 
There's healing in the name of Jesus. And I believe that even in a prophylactic way, we can pray and stave off the, the enemy that's coming against us. If you feel sick, if you feel ill today, I want you to call me at the church. Call one of the pastors. We will pray for you. We will come to your house and anoint you with oil if you want to do that. And we'll pray for you and ask God to heal you because we believe that healing is in the covenant of God and that you can have healing through Jesus Christ today. Well, what should you do? There are some practical things that we can do and there are some spiritual things that we can do. The two really go together, but you know what I mean when I say practical and spiritual, don't you? Nod your heads up and down if you do. Okay, I see that head. Number one, I'm going to ask you to watch less TV, watch less news programs, watch less. You already know all the basics of what you need to know of how to prevent this. Wash your hands, stay away, stay home if you're sick, cough into your elbow, sanitize the surfaces of your house. You already know all that. There's really nothing more that you can do than those things. And if you do those, you have a good chance of avoiding this thing. Don't listen to all the panic and the fear-mongering that goes on on television, especially the non-news programs that are just people sitting around talking about the latest theories and the latest ideas that they have regarding this. That does you no good. That doesn't profit you at all. Don't listen to it. Turn off the news. Turn off the TV. Don't listen to it as much. And give God your fears and your faith in faith today. Number two, don't get your information off social media. Oh man, we're coming to you on social media. It has its good sides. It has its abilities to bless us and to be, be part of a fruitful life. But it also can have a tremendous edge of negativity to us. Don't believe everything you read on the internet. Don't spread rumors that you can't prove. Don't, don't do that. That just makes life more difficult for people everywhere. So do those things and you'll be farther ahead. What can you do spiritually? Listen to God's word. Here's what God's word says we should do with our fear and our worry. In Philippians 4, 6, and 7, it says this. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. Tell God that you need help with your fear. Tell God that you need help with your difficulties and your trials and your tribulations. Tell God that you need toilet paper. He knows that you need toilet paper. He'll provide toilet paper for you if you need it. Give it to him. Even that kind of stuff is important to God. It says, then you will experience God's peace. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ. So number one, pray about it. Make it an act of, of your will to pray about everything that you're feeling and everything that you're going through. God understands that. He wants to deliver you. In 1 Peter 5, 7, it says, Give all your worries and cares to God, for He cares about you. That last part of that verse is probably the most important part of that verse. He cares about you. You can give him your worries and your cares. He's not some distant God that doesn't have any feelings towards you, that is just kind of an automaton that just kind of goes through the motions and does things. He cares about you. After all, he sent his son to die for you. He cares that much about you. Don't you think he cares about what you're going through right now? Give your cares and your fears and your worries to God. Isaiah 26.3 says, He will keep you in perfect peace, all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. 
Fix your thoughts on things above, not things below. Fix your thoughts on the things of God and what those things, what those things are. On his peace, his goodness, his mercy, his wonder. All of those things of God are yours today. So claim them and make them yours. Now, one other thing I want to talk about is don't let division get a foothold. You know, there are some people that believe that they should have church during this time. Others have canceled their services. There are some people who believe that this is a tremendous overreaction to, to the virus that's going around. There are others who believe that we're probably not doing enough. Don't let the devil use this crisis to make a foothold for, you, for him in your life. Don't let him be someone that, that, uh, that, uh, that uh, pushes you into, into fighting with other Christians over this kind of stuff. It's not worth it. Let it be a thing of peace for you. Don't get involved in disputes and all of that kind of thing. Romans 12, 17 and 18 says, Do all that you can to live in peace with other people. Probably the best thing that you could do if you come into the presence of someone who disagrees with you about this is to close your mouth. Don't argue with them. Don't fight with them. Don't exercise your right to be right. Exercise your right to make peace and to be, be someone that is a peacemaker, not a troublemaker. It says in Proverbs 19.11, sensitive people control their temper. Sensitive, sensible people control their temper. They earn respect by overlooking wrongdoings. Those are the things that I want you to remember this week as you go through your time. Number one, fear is not of God. It's from the enemy. Number two, pray about everything. Give it to God. Number three, don't let, don't let the enemy get a foothold in your disputes with this thing, okay? We're going to close with the time of prayer. President Trump has declared this this, uh, this week, this Sunday, today, as a national day of prayer. So we're going to pray for this thing. We're going to pray about it and ask God to help us during this time. You can see the prayer points on the screen behind me. And those are things for you to pray about. While we're, while we're doing this, go ahead and jot those down as we pray. And let's not forget our health care workers during this time. Our first responders, our health care workers, they're on the front lines of this thing. They need God's protection, not just protection from the virus, but they need strength during this time. Many of them are working overtime. So if you see a nurse, if you see a doctor, if you see someone that's working in the hospitals, give them a great big thank you and let them know that you're praying for them during this time. But we're going to pray for these things now and ask God to do this for us, okay? Would you join me in prayer as we pray for these things right now? Father, I thank you that we can be driven by faith and not by fear. And God, I pray that you would help us to choose faith over fear today. Lord, I pray for protection over ourselves and over our loved ones and over our neighbors and over our entire nation. God, we pray that you would give us the protection that we need. Help us to do what we can do, God. Washing our hands, coughing in the right way, all of that kind of stuff, God. We pledge to do those things. But God, we know that our ultimate protection comes from you. And so we ask you for that. Father, I ask that we would exercise opportunities to show your love to people around us. Help us to be sensitive to those that are fearful, God, to those that are not living in peace right now. Help us to be living peaceful lives so that we can be an example to them and show them that our God reigns in this world. Father, I pray for our missionaries this morning that are in other countries that are dealing with this, probably without the health care resources that we have. 
God, I pray that you would put your hand upon them and protect them. And God, I pray for all of our brothers and sisters in the Lord that live in other countries that are not enjoying the good health care that we have. God, give them peace and give them grace and touch and heal them in Jesus' name. And God, we pray for the North Point leadership during this time as we have to make decisions on the fly, God, that the situation is changing rapidly and we have to make decisions, uh, difficult decisions uh, every day. God, I pray that you would give us wisdom and understanding for these things. Lord, I thank you that our president has called us to a day of prayer because we know that things are only happening through prayer and through fasting and through calling out on, your, on, on the name of the Lord. And so we do that today. We thank you and we praise you for it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now before we go and we sign off today, I want to tell you about one more thing. If you need anything, please call us. We're here to serve you and to help you during this time. Like I said, uh, make sure that you check on your neighbors, check on some of the elderly folks in our church and those that are going through difficult times. We ask that you, that you remember them and that you keep in touch with them during this time. This is the opportunity for the church to shine and for us to show the love of Jesus to others. God bless you. Have a great day. Be safe.